People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorists Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders. Encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Welcome, everyone, to episode 257 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Taporic, and today we're going to talk about DeMarcus Cousins' ACL tear and what it means for the Los Angeles Lakers. Then we're going to get into the Eastern Conference over-unders, making our pick for every Eastern Conference team. Before we get to all of that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? Well, I'm excited, Brian, because apparently y'all are buying Greenland. So <laughs> I, I, I'm just waiting for that big check to clear so all us Danes can just, you know, spread our wealth around. Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to go really well. I'm sure it's... Uh... Not a harebrained scheme at all. I mean, I, I'm just up for all the money. I, you, you're already ruining the plan as, as is. Like, why not? Let's right. just accelerate that thing and then all die at the same time in like 2035. Yeah, well, at least you get to live large for the next 10 years before the coming exactly. apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of apocalypses, Mort, we need to start with the DeMarcus Cousins news because unfortunately... This week, I believe it was Thursday, that first Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted that he had just suffered a possible knee injury while working out in Las Vegas on Monday. And then shortly thereafter, Sham Sharania of The Athletic confirmed the worst. He has a torn ACL. He is just based on the timeline to recover from that type of an injury. He is likely to miss most, if not all, of the 2019-2020 season. And unfortunately, this is now the third major lower body injury he's had. You know, he tore the Achilles in January 2018. He had the quad tear uh, during the playoffs, early in the playoffs this year, and now the ACL a couple months later. So I, more, I don't think there's that much to say about Boogie in particular other than this sucks. I hope he gets well. I hope he, like, finally just gets over all of these injuries and resumes his career and has, you know, a productive second act because he's still young. I mean, he's only 29. He's still got time. It's not like, you know, hopefully this is not the last we've seen of Boogie Cousins. But I, at this point, it's just like, man, I, I feel so bad for the guy. Yeah, it's it's so tough. I, I have to assume that he comes back, of course. And, and, and thankfully for him, his game doesn't rely on, you know, elite athleticism. Right. He's still a big burly guy. But I, I would like to see... You see him take like the Tim Duncan approach, 
like Tim really slimmed down. He he lost like twenty pounds going into like his last three seasons. I want to say with the Spurs before retiring, mm-hmm. which just kind of gave him that little bit of energy boost and a little bit more of a speed advantage. Sure. So maybe just losing some weight to not put so much pressure on the joints and 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 just kind of think of the longevity of it. Like he's still gonna be strong as hell. I mean yeah. that uh, even if he slims down, like that upper body strength is not going to go away. Like Correct. he's still. A, a, a house of a human being, yep. um, and and he can still shoot. I think I still think that that attribute to his game and the fact that he's a really good passer, and we really don't talk enough about his passing. That just makes me think he can survive at least offensively. Defensively, oh boy, that's that's a whole different story, though. Yeah, and that's always been the question with him. So not much changes in that regard. But you know, we we'll have plenty of time to speculate about what he's going to look like when he comes back. Let's first just get him back to that starting line. So best wishes to Cousins and hope everything goes well in the recovery. Uh, Unfortunately, we also have to talk about what it means for the Lakers because now they are down one center. They still have JaVale McGee on the roster, and they still have Anthony Davis, who has famously said he does not want to play center. And during, during his introductory press conference, he said, like, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it anymore. I like playing the four. I want to play the four. Then he turned to Frank Vogel. And he's like, but if you need me to, coach, I'll play the five. Only if you need me to. And then Rob Polinka during that same press conference said, look, you know, this is about the next 10 years of Anthony Davis. We expect him to be a Laker for a long time. It's for the best that we limit his minutes to the five. We have JaVale. We have DeMarcus. They're going to soak up a lot of those minutes. Well, now you don't have DeMarcus. So you still have JaVale. You still have Davis if he's willing to play the five. And now Sham Sharania reported this morning that there is mutual interest between the Lakers and Dwight Howard, who famously had his one season there in 2012-2013. He is currently still a member of the Memphis Grizzlies. They have yet to waive him, but they are fully expected to do so. Or maybe they'll trade him to the Lakers. Who knows? So that's a possibility, but more. what would you like to see the Lakers do in the wake of this injury? Do you think Howard is the answer? Do you think they should go after another free agent, or should they just tell Anthony Davis, suck it up and play the five for 20 minutes a game? Uh, a part of everything, really. Um, I, I think Davis should play more of the five. You, you can't really, even if you sign Dwight, you just don't know what kind of player he is at this point, and, and he's not a shooter he still doesn't defend greatly in space. I mean, he's he's best near the rim, uh, both offensively and defensively. So I have to assume that even if he's in the rotation, along with JaVale, like they're not going to soak up 48 minutes at the center spot. So Davis will have to probably play a little bit there regardless. Um, I don't even really have like a, a, a good hold of who's like out there on the market anymore in, in you know, the middle of August. Yeah, like Dwight theoretically, not just because of his, he's a big name, but like he's he's probably one of the upper like class centers available, right? It's it's very bleak out there. I mean, you yeah. still have Joakim Noah is the other guy. Oh right, who, who's yeah. actually you know if 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 it's between Dwight and Noah, I would actually prefer Noah. Yeah, I too. Uh, yeah. Just because we saw him with the Grizzlies, you know, that he had the next tenure and it was a disaster from the start. But this past season, you know, the Knicks wave him in October. He signs with the Grizzlies in December. He actually looked good in limited minutes against the Grizzlies. You, you don't want to rely on him as a 35-minute-a-game starter anymore. That's not who he is. But 
you know, he proved that he could soak up backup center minutes, 20 minutes a game, somewhere around there, which is all you're asking out of him if you're the Lakers. Whereas Dwight now, we've seen, you know, how many teams has he been on in the past five, six years? Like, he wears out his welcome so quickly, we haven't necessarily seen him fit in well in more of a complementary role. And, I mean, just given the health issues with him, you know, he missed, what, I think all of all but nine games last year. So, you know, you already took one gamble on DeMarcus, who was also coming off of a, some major injuries over the past few years. If you're really adamant not, about not playing Anthony Davis at center during the regular season all that much, I don't know that gambling on Dwight Howard to stay healthy is necessarily the right play. But is it legal for Noah to join the Lakers when he said they're Hollywood as hell about LeBron, who's now in Hollywood? <laughs> right. I mean, that that would be the funny storyline is like, does Joe keep Noah just say like, no, man, I'm not type, I'm not teaming up with LeBron. I don't care. <laughs> I like no way. Uh, yeah. I mean, aside from Noah, you have Kenneth Fareed still out there. And then it get. I mean, like. Mozgov, I think oh, he's no. signed to a European team, perhaps. But yeah, I th- I think he did. Yeah. I mean, Fareed would actually be kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't hate that. Um, who else? Tyler Zeller's still out there. Ooh, no. Gortat, I believe. Uh, so you're saying you have Siller and Dirt? Yeah, right. I mean, it's. I'm telling you, it's bad. It's very grim. It, like, yeah. there's not. A great, I mean, you know, it's the middle of August. Of course, there's not a great right. option here. Um, How many roster spots do they have available? One. So that's the oh. other tricky part. Because in theory, they're saving one for Andre Iguodala if and when he gets bought out. Yeah. So do you do you keep Dwight, or sorry, do you keep DeMarcus on the roster? and hope he can get back by the playoffs or do you wave him and open up a roster spot yeah yep sorry but yeah you, you probably do right he signed for one year he's probably not going to play right i mean that's that's possible I, I mean you have amir johnson's out there too zaza pachulia salam Ezri. yeah no yeah, yeah I, you know what i'm you're right noah if he's keen yeah i i that, think that is yeah yeah i think Noah's the best bet and then really anthony davis once the playoffs come around, he's going to need to play the five. That's their only chance of going on a deep Agreed. run at this point. Yep. So, I mean, he, you have JaVale. I mean, like, ideally, this could open up their best starting five. Like, depending on how willing he is to play the five, if, you know, if they were going to force Cousins into the starting lineup or force McGee into the starting lineup, that means Kuzma was probably not going to start because you're going to have this LeBron at point guard. Danny Green at the two. You know, if you were starting Kuzma and Cousins, who's guarding point guards? Who's guarding anyone in the backcourt? You have Danny Green, of course, but, you know. Yeah, that's bank- one guy. Yeah. Right. Banking on LeBron to guard a backcourt member during the regular season. He's, he can. He's capable of doing it, but is he going he to put forth? To. Right. Is he going to put forth that effort? I don't know. So, no. yeah, it's a, you know, it's a sneaky big injury for the Lakers for these reasons. It just kind of, you know, they, with Cousins, they could have done a LeBron, Davis, Cousins, all on the floor together and just gone bully ball, like gone the complete opposite direction of what the Warriors did the last few years and what a lot of teams have done. 
is go smaller. And then, you know, you've got Milwaukee and Philly in the East, both of whom also went in the complete opposite direction and are going to have gigantic lineups this season. The Lakers would have had a nice counter to that. And now that takes one tool out of their toolbox. They're not totally screwed here, but this is a sneaky big injury for them. Yeah, it removes a lot of shooting for him as well. Yeah. Like, Noah's not going to replicate that. Fareed is not going to replicate that. Dwight isn't. Yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, maybe you should just look at a wing. And then just just tell Anthony Davis to suck it up. Yeah. Cause, I mean, like, because you're not... There aren't that many bruising bigs left in the NBA. Right. That's... I mean, his resistance to playing the five makes sense if you're going to bang against... You know, burly, like 280 pound guys every night, but now you're seeing more stretch fives, more Brooke Lopez types who aren't going to work you in the post repeatedly. So, like Jamichael Green plays center here and there. Right, like, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Frank, I don't want to go up against Jamichael Green. Oh, right. no. Right. Think right. of the longevity. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I, I get him wanting to reduce the wear and tear on his body, but he's he's going to have to play center more than he wants to. After. Well, I mean, that that depends, though. So many centers in today's game are more or less garbage men, right? They're not really the focal point anymore. Right. So right. what are you guarding, really? If yeah. that's a defensive-inclined center, what are you guarding? I think it's more just having to box out, fight for rebounds, than the yeah. offensive concern. But, like, you have to do that anyway. <laughs> right. And there are some serious, like, seriously strong fours who's yeah. got great noses for, for rebounding. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I think this whole idea for, you know, we've seen it over the past 10 years, like players saying, oh, I want to play the four. I want to play the five. It's just an outdated concept, man. Right. Right. Well, I wrote about this at the B-ball writer or the basketball writers, bballwriters.com. You can use the code, the, the NBA pod for 10% off your daily, monthly or annual subscription. So check that piece out. I also I'm get, having a piece go up either today or tomorrow where I wrote nice things about the Portland Trailblazers to a uh, atone for the last three years where i've been skeptical about them i i snuck in some anthony simons praise for you mort i appreciate that very very much <laughs> i'm buying the hype there's it's not just you hyping them now i'm glad i'm glad you joined the bandwagon yep 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 way too late but you were joining it yeah, hey <laughs> you didn't do anything <laughs> last year Shh. uh uh doesn't matter I know, I know. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Janelle and Associates Law Firm with Principal Office in Houston, Texas, is responsible for the content of this ad. Attention all active or retired military. If you are diagnosed with tinnitus or hearing loss after using yellow and black or yellow and olive dual-ended earplugs, you may be entitled to significant cash compensation. These earplugs permitted damaging sounds to enter the ear canal. If you served in the military and were later diagnosed with hearing loss or tinnitus, call 800-871-7344 right now to see if you qualify for significant cash compensation. The manufacturer knew of the defect but did not warn its customers. Complaints allege that the manufacturer manipulated test results to make it appear that the plugs met government standards. If you deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan anytime from 2003 through 2015 and are now suffering from diagnosed hearing loss or tinnitus, you may be entitled to significant cash compensation. Call 800-871-7344 right now. Hurry, time is limited. Call 800-871-7344 now to see if you qualify for cash compensation. Call 800-871-7344. That's 800-871-7344. 800-871-7344. Three, four, four. Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10e included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. 
All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after 16 25-month credit. Apply within two bills or canceled early. Your main balance due and limited basic after 630 20 Pay $32 per month per line with other pay. Date to prioritization during congestion. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. Let's let's switch to over-unders now. We did the West last episode, so we're going to start with the East this time. Mm-hmm. And much like last episode, we're just going to go from the highest win total to the lowest, and then we will make our pick either over or under. The Bucks have the highest win total, projected win total, in the NBA at 57.5. They went 60-22 and 22 last year. Did lose Malcolm Brogdon this summer, but they added Wes Matthews, Robin Lopez, Kyle Korver. Where you stand on the Bucks? Oh, I, I think this is like a good line because, you know, f- for a team that did so well, it's not uncommon for, for you know to take a step back the following season, mm-hmm. uh, just because like the intensity of you know being the league's best team, uh, at least in the regular season, all that can take a lot away from you. So maybe the Bucks just don't prioritize the regular season as much this year. Like who mm-hmm. knows. Uh, I, I do think the Malcolm Brockton loss is significant, but like we talked about, you know, Wesley Matthews will come in and take at least some responsibility in terms of the shooting department. But what they won't get from him is the ball handling, the defense, right. uh, the playmaking. So is that worth like two and a half losses? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. So it depends on Giannis. Mm-hmm. Like, is he, if he, if his, uh, you know, theory about him only being 60% a finished product rings true, then no, then this is definitely way too low. But we'll see. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Bucks finish with at least less than 60 wins. If it's under 57, eh, not sure. I could see it go either way. It's it's not a ridiculous line. No, definitely not. I mean, I, I lean under, but like you, I don't feel super great about that. Because, yeah, I mean, the Brogdon loss is big. Nico, whatever. I mean, he played 14 games for them. I, I don't think that's a huge loss at all, in fact. I mean, they lost Tony Snell as well, but, you know, he only averaged 17.6 minutes a game for them last season. I'm not sweating that too much. They were pretty lucky in terms of health last year. Four guys started at least 70 games for them. Brogdon started 64. So, you know, it, it comes down to... If Giannis gets hurt for any length of time, they're definitely going under. Um, hopefully he does not. But mm. you know, Or Bledsoe, who he played 78 last year, but he had some injury troubles earlier in his career. Brooke Lopez played 81 last year. You know, It wouldn't surprise me if he missed a couple more this year. So, yeah, I mean, I think like 56-57 is probably where they end up, which is still probably going to be a top two record in the East, but... It does go under, so I'm I'm gonna take the slight under for the Milwaukee Bucks. The Philadelphia 76ers are next on the list at 56.5, second highest in the NBA. Where are you going, the Sixers, Mort? I I have no idea because <laughs> look, they just changed their team so dramatically. Like Al Horford, who's you know going back to the whole center uh, concept. Like he 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 was a guy who was just this focal point, both offensively and defensively, and now he is going to play in this very very big lineup with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and he, he, I really don't know what's going to happen. Is, is he going to get as many elbow touches? Is he going to be more of a perimeter threat? 
Like, how is that going to look like? I have absolutely no idea. The only thing I do know, which I think is is pretty obvious, is that, you know, Josh Richardson is going to run around screens and get a lot of catch-and-shoot uh, jump shot opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he's a strong enough shooter to really connect on that. I, I don't think, like, being the number one option for so long in Miami was was necessarily great for him yeah. in, in terms of his efficiency, at least. Yep. Uh, him being, what, the... The third or fourth option here, that's that's just a different scenario. And I think you could really cash in on that. So I really have no clue. I mean, I, I got to see this team to really believe it and understand what the hell they're doing. I mean, I, I like all their players on paper, and now I just want to see how it all fits together. So I, I'm backing my ass out of this one. No idea. No clue. You're more of a coward than Ben Simmons. Yes, I am. I, I openly admit that I'm a bigger <laughs> coward than, than Ben Simmons on this one. Absolutely. I mean, I'll give you this. This is a really tough line for the reasons you just laid out. They, I mean, they completely overhauled their starting five. We have no idea how those guys are going to fit together. My gut tells me the under just because I think it's going to take them a little bit of time before they really take off. But they gave themselves some really nice Embiid insurance with Horford and with Kylo Quinn who I'm going to pound the table for his name all offseason because their, I mean, their backup center situation was such a disaster last year that whenever Embiid stepped off the floor, they just got blown out more often than not, especially in the playoffs. Kylo Quinn is competent. He's a, yes. I think he, you know, he is their third string center right now. I think he would have been their best backup center last year and by a healthy margin. Like it was, uh, I, yeah, I it think was that's Boban and pretty obvious. Greg Monroe and Amir Johnson, like none mm-hmm. of the, you know, Boban had his moments, and I love the guy to death. I think he's, you know, one of the nicest guys in the NBA. But there were time, there were matchups where he was just completely lost and had no chance. I don't think you're going to see that for Kylo Quinn. So I think I'm taking the under here because I think Embiid's going to get load managed to an extent that we haven't seen before, and that's good. That's what they should do. That's you know you don't go out and spend most of your cap space on Al Horford if you aren't expecting to use him as your starting center for twenty plus games while you're getting Embiid rest during the regular season because they've you know Elton Brand said it during the press conference for uh, Horford and all the other free agent signings. He said like our goal is to get a healthy Joel Embiid to the playoffs. We haven't done that the last couple of seasons. We need to do that this year. Does that mean we need to manage his minutes? Yes. Does it mean we need to manage his games? Yes. And Embiid came out during his exit interviews and said, I need to be smarter. I looked at what the Raptors did with Kawhi. I want to do something along those lines. I felt guilty this past year because I felt like we sat when I sat, we didn't have anyone to take my minutes and perform well. Well, now they have Al Horford and Kyle Oakwood. So I, I, you know, I think we'll talk about awards races in the coming months as well. Like I wouldn't pick Embiid. Embiid for MVP for that reason. I think he's going to play around 60 games, maybe 30 uh-huh. minutes a game. And I you know, I think they're going to keep their eye strictly on the playoffs this year. I don't think they're going to try as hard as they necessarily can. You know, they're not going to push Embiid to play 75 games so they get the number 1 seed in the East. They're they don't I don't think they care. That all makes perfect sense and like you like my gut tells me the under. But here's the thing, I don't want to look dumb. <laughs> because this is going to be the third active season for Ben Simmons. Right. Tobias Harris is going to come back with a vengeance because he is definitely a lot better than what he showed during his, his Philly tenure from last season. Yeah. And he's Josh Richardson. Yeah. 
and Judge Richardson, as I always, uh, as as I alluded to previously, in terms of his shooting ability and, and the open shots that he's going to take, uh, and Al Horford just stepping in in that center role mm-hmm. when Embiid is out, like there is definitely a world where in Embiid, you know, is is you know, load managed but twenty two games, and they still win sixty plus. Yeah. Like, for sure. That possibility exists, and I can sit here going, "Well, maybe they win fifty-two, and then they spank my ass by winning sixty-five. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, I have they, no idea where they're going. They should have a top-five defense this year. Like something went wrong, horribly wrong, if they don't have a top-five defense, just based on their personnel, based on their size, and that you're right, that should carry them through a lot of games. And you know, we talked about load management a bunch in the West. We'll talk about it here in the East as well, but. One of the prevailing themes in the East is you get to play a, a lot, a, a higher number of games against crappy teams. So you're going to have more, should be gimme games. Now, you know, some of those are trap games because you're not, you don't get up to play the Cleveland Cavaliers and then Colin Sexton goes off for 35 because you weren't prepared. Who knows? That's, you know, they're, they're going to lose a couple of these games against bad teams because that's what they always do. But, in theory, they have a bunch of very easy games. I wrote something at Forbes uh, about their early season schedule. I mean, it's really set up nicely for them to get off to a very hot start. They have a, a tricky four-game road trip in, like, the third week of the season. It's going to take some air out of the balloon. But after that, they, they play, like, you know, basically three weeks against mostly Eastern Conference bottom feeders. So I think it's going to take them some time to get adjusted to one another. But the schedule really helps in that regard it should give them that leeway without having to push mb too hard too early or maybe they just come out running because al horford is a genius yeah it's totally possible i hope i'm wrong i would love them to win 60 games but you know i'm I'm gonna pessimistically take the under and pray that i'm wrong the celtics are third in the east with an over under of 50 they won, I believe they won forty. They won forty nine last year, forty nine and thirty three. So they're they're banking on. I guess Vegas is banking on Kyrie's gone. They don't hate each other anymore. Mm-hmm. They'll actually win one more game because of it. The you know if you're a pessimist, you go the whole route of Jason Tatum is overrated. He's not going to you know be the player everyone thought he would be. Kemba Walker is a downgrade from Kyrie in terms of talent. Yada yada yada. But you know what? I'm not buying that. So Kemba, as we talked about, yeah, from a player's perspective in terms of raw talent, downgrade. Mm -hmm. But locker room presence, leadership abilities, severe upgrade. (laughs) And, I mean, he's he's just a much better player to just finagle all those chemistry issues if there ever were one. Um, You have Gordon Hayward coming back. He just spent a whole year trying to get reacclimated to the league. I have to assume he's going to look better. Yeah. And I think with Kyrie, yes, the hero ball aspect now being gone, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Jason Tatum kind of just get the ball in his hands a little bit more and hopefully, hopefully just not Kobe it up as much as he did last year. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I think he knows. I yeah. think the, I think the Celtics spoke to him. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they sat him down and went, you know what, you went Kobe on us. That's not going to fly. Like, that's yeah. not your game. I mean, look at what you did in your rookie season. You were a fantastic shooter. You just had to play within yourself. And also, we just continuously seem to forget about Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to go into what his his fourth, fourth season. Now. Yeah, <laughs> the contract year. Yeah, 
I mean, that's a huge presence as well. So you lose Al Horford. That's the biggest loss they could have had, in my yeah. opinion. Yep, totally like, agree. You don't really have a anyone to to take his minutes and, and do what he could do. Like Ennis Kanter is going to come in and average like 15 and 12, and that's fine and well. But he's not going to be a guy who can, can just kind of orchestrate the entire offense and, and play make and shoot the three and all this. So that's the biggest question mark. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's not about the whole Kyrie versus Kemba thing, uh, you know. At least in terms of you know, playing ability, it's more so how do you look at what Al Horford gave you and mm-hmm. try to somewhat mimic that for someone else. You can't really do that. So that responsibility has to put be put on the perimeter guys way more. Now, are they up to it? That's the big question. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to say it's either a push or slightly over. Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm going under if only because of the downgrade from Horford to Cantor. And also, if you look at their depth chart, their starting five is great. You still have Marcus Smart off the bench. But other than that, you're relying on a lot of really young, unproven guys. Yeah, and you, I, you know, you know I, I'm high on Grant Williams moving forward, Carson Edwards moving forward, Romeo Langford moving forward. But am I high on them this year being a contributor to a... 50 plus win team no i think they're gonna take their rookie lumps so i I, carson carson edwards might not that's true i mean because his role is just going to be be a microwave scorer off the bench exactly and he's also very nba ready in terms of age and you know his his outlook like he's one one of those guys who's going to come in and just kind of do his things right off the bat yeah I mean, I think Boston's still going to be good, but I think they're more in like the 46, 47, maybe even 48 win range. 50 feels too high to me. Could absolutely happen. Yeah. Uh, next on the list, the Indiana Pacers at 47. Mm-hmm. They went 48 and 34 last year. We don't know I mean, about Victor Oladipo. He's going to be out who knows how long at the start of the right. season to recover from the quad injury. But they did pick up Malcolm Brogdon. They did pick up TJ Warren. They do have some, you know, they lost a bunch of guys. They lost four of their five starters. So it's basically a whole new team. Oh, they got Jeremy Lamb too. So, you know, they had a seismic offseason in terms of changes. What do you think about the Pacers? So I brought up the Pacers a couple months back and told you that I thought they could potentially enter themselves into like the top four race Mm -hmm. in the East. Mm -hmm. And from looking at Vegas, they're a top four team right now. And I mean... When you look at it that way, I love what they did. Um, you know, they they are now heavy on the wings and the guard spots. And that's where a lot of playmaking goes on. If Oladipo comes back somewhat early, like who knows? That's still right. up in the air. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, when he comes back, you know, you have so much help there now at the wing position that you you don't have to rush him back. Yeah. Like he can come back and you take his time, and he can kind of figure out. Oh, okay. So I'll start up slow, like play twenty five minutes here and there. Take a couple games off if I'm feeling rusty. You know, Malcolm Brockton's got it. Jeremy Lamb is there. You know, there's just so the offense could go through demands as a bonus. Like Miles Turner is still there. I mean, I, I'm, I, I've been crabbing on Turner for a while simply because I'm, I want more out of him. Mm-hmm. And I'm, de- I've decided that I want to be positive about him for this year. I think this is the year. Bigs take longer to to really get that whole groove set. This is the year. Yeah, I mean. That's the big question hanging over them right now, other than when Oladipo comes back. Can Sabonis and Turner coexist? Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, I think so too. But if they can't, Sabonis, I believe, is up for an extension this year or will be a restricted free agent next summer. Like, it's put up or shut up time for that that duo. Yeah, I, I really don't think it's that big of an issue. I get that Sabonis doesn't move all that well defensively. Mm-hmm. And, and, and defensively, he will have some issues. But the offensive potential there, yeah. combined with the fact that, that you know, Miles Turner is a great defender, uh, especially off the weak side, and as a shot blogger who will take a lot of shots at the rim, I just, I, I think we are so quick to immediately go to the mindset of, oh, bad defense, that means automatically they can't be successful. Well, I mean, James Harden is not a great defender. He just overwhelms you with great offense all the time. Right. I think that that duo of Zabonis and Turner, you know, have the potential of at least overwhelming you offensively to the point where you look at the defense, you go, oh, yeah, it's bad. But, I mean, look at what they gave us offensively. Like, we'll take it. It just outweighs what they give up. I think yeah. that's the scenario that you have to look at. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if they find a really good rhythm. And now that you have Jeremy Lamb, who, who isn't necessarily ball dominant, but can shoot and can move off the ball, I, he's going to provide so many passing opportunities for Sabonis, who's a great passer, just for interior on the exterior. Like, he can pass everywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I think Sabonis can be kind of a, a homeless version of Al Horford. Uh, offensively, just from inside the three-point arc. Yeah. I mean, I'm also... So you're taking the over here, it sounds like. I'm probably going to, yeah, maybe slight over push. I kind of like the 47, to be honest with you. Yeah. No, I went, I, right. I lean over as well. I, I mean, it sounds like Oladipo is going to be back somewhat early in the year, like mid-November, possibly December. So I don't think we're talking about him being out to the All-Star break. If he, if he is, I think they do go under. Yeah. But... Otherwise, I think they're a better team now than they were last year. Agreed. So, I mean, I, I really like the Brown. Oh, and Goga. Play. Goga's there. Yeah, and TJ McConnell, who's going to definitely win a game from them just by slapping the floor a bunch. That is true. I actually forgot TJ's there. Yeah. Like, he's good. And yeah. he's one of those continuously underrated point guards. Right. And in theory, I mean, maybe they'll get more minutes for Aaron Holiday as well. That's true. And yeah. if, like, TJ actually wanted to take more threes... <laughs> That would be great. That would be. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer. (laughs) This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip ice cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. The defending champion Toronto Raptors are fifth in the East with an over-under of 46. Obviously, they lost Kawhi, lost Danny Green. They did sign Stanley Johnson, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. They've kept you know, everyone else, basically. So where you stand on the Raptors, sans Kawhi. I think somewhere between 
42 and 48. I think it's a pretty wide field. Mm-hmm. It, it really depends on Pascal Siakam. I'm very, very high on, on Siakam. I even wrote a, a piece on Forbes months ago about if Kawhi were to leave the Raptors, like they would actually be in pretty good hands because of Siakam. And mm-hmm. I stand by that all the mm-hmm. way through. Um, I, I think he's one of those guys who just changes games. And I think he does so repeatedly and consistently. He's not one of those guys who like wins you two games, looks great, and then goes on a you know seven game slump or anything. Like he's just continuously aggressive, defensively, offensively, great passer. Doesn't really you know yeah sometimes he forces shots, but I don't necessarily think that's that's a theme with him. Uh, I, yeah, I I could see them finish. I, I, they're definitely in the playoffs as far as I'm concerned right now. When you look at the roster, like what they have to work with, but. You know, forty six. That that could go either way for me. I'm not really. I mean, but I I think there's probably a greater risk of it going slightly below than you know, a lot over. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this with the Thunder. How I wouldn't want to bet this line because I have no idea what they're going to do with the trade deadline. Yeah, that's fair. The Raptors, in the, if they keep everyone together, I think they go over. But Kyle Lowry, Marc Gasol, and Serge Ibaka are all heading into the last year of their contracts. Mm-hmm. They're all going to be over the age of 30 once the season starts. I agree with you that the future of this team is Siakam and OG. Fred VanVleet as well, probably. And we, you know, they took these low-risk, low, low risk, high-upside flyers on Stanley Johnson, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Let's see if either of those guys pan out. That's great. They, you know, they can keep them beyond next season. But... Uh, I, I lean toward thinking that Masai is going to probably at least trade one of Lowry, Gasol, or Ibaka. I just think there's going to be a buyer's market at the trade deadline this year because the free agent class sucks so much next summer that you know the, the title waste is wide open this year. I think there's going to be 10-plus teams that talk themselves into being legitimate contenders. And we saw last, last year with Gasol. He was a major part of a championship-winning team. Like, he was... I don't think they get past Philly if they don't make the Marcus All trade. So I think, you know, there, there will be a team out there that talks themselves into, okay, if we add Lowry, Gasol, Ibaka, one of those guys, that gives us another step toward winning a title. So I lean under just because i think that they are going to make a move at the deadline and take a step back intentionally but if they keep everyone together i think i'm going the over here let me throw you a curveball okay so because siakam he's not earning a a ton of money right now Mm -hmm. he's still on his rookie deal if i'm not if i'm not mistaken yeah this is the last year contract year siakam it is and he hasn't signed an extension right correct yeah so if if that remains true, you know, one could be like you just said, there could be a team out there thinking, oh, we just need that one last piece, and they offer up the damn draft pick farm for Siaka. Mm. Like, is that the way to go? Like, you just you cash in everything for, through Siaka. You you get what you can for Lowry and Gasol, and if no you know big offers are there, you let them expire. And then you go into 2020 with, you know, arm to the teeth with draft picks and cap space. I mean, it would depend on what you're getting for Siakam. I wouldn't go into this season thinking you need to trade him, though. I think, no, no, like, no. I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm, I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. If, if, if the phone rings in February. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, if there's a godfather offer, he's not, like, untradeable. He's right. really good. He's a borderline all-star, but is he LeBron James, Stephen Curry? No. You could absolutely no. trade him. If You know, it depends on... If some team calls up and offers what the Clippers gave up for Paul George for Pascal Siakam, you pack his bags and you book him a one-way ticket out of Toronto, of course. Mm. Just depends. Just, I, yeah, it depends on what you get. Yeah, and, and you know, I was thinking of a team, obviously not a contender by any stretch, but a team that just needs a guy like him. Like He would be the one who could fix Phoenix, wouldn't he? Yeah, I was about to. I knew you were going to say Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, he really, he would be a perfect fit there. But, <laughs> yeah, it you, would, you also at the same time don't want to see him go there in no. case, you know, the goat returns. Right, right. <laughs> Although Masai would have no problem ripping off James Jones. That would be oh, yeah, no. taking no. candy from a baby. Okay, next on the list is the Brooklyn Nets at 44. Were they? It seems like Vegas is correctly assuming that Kevin Durant is going to miss the entire season. Yeah. Brooklyn went 42-40 and 40 last year, but this is an entirely new team. They got Kyrie. They, they got DeAndre Jordan. Garrett Temple. Karis LeVert is healthy. They also got Torian Prince. You know, a lot of new faces in Brooklyn this time. Oh, David Nwaba, too. I forgot about him almost. Mm-hmm. Jared Allen is... is still there and is apparently playing summer league yeah. yep spencer did witty another year there so they've got a deep team but no kd where did where you lean on the nets probably over yeah. i think i think 44 is a little bit low um either vegas is just kind of hating on Kyrie, which in terms of leadership abilities i get it but but that team is just so so damn talented and Karis LeVert, I mean, that's that's sleeping on Karis. I mean, he yeah. was so good last year. Give him a full season, and like he's right there. Yep. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, just, just such a confident and consistent presence off the bench at both guard spots, really. Like, he's 6'6", and you can even play him at the three in a pinch. Like, the versatility in that crowd there, mm-hmm. it's, it's just mind-boggling. You have Jared Allen. I, I don't even know if he's going to come off the bench, but if Jared Allen's come out, I, I really hope he doesn't come off the bench. But if he comes off the bench, that's like that. That alone is a testament to their depth and and, and just how insanely talented they are. Right. Um, yeah, I, I feel this is this is low. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of analytics models are also low on the Nets. Yeah. So it it seems like I don't know. I'm probably missing something, but I'm with you. I think this is a way low line for them. I think they are a much better team than close to 500. It would not surprise me if they're a top four team in the East this year. Like I, I get the you're right. I, the Kyrie leadership concerns are there, but he also chose to go to the Nets. Like this wasn't he didn't get traded there. No, he, this is his choice. He actively sought out going there. He's got to be surrounded by his friends and Durant and DeAndre Jordan. So, so you're saying he's gonna actually add two months before he gets pissy for no reason <laughs> i hope so you would think so but all right i mean yeah like lavert what you picked him as your most improved player last year heading into the sure season did. and he didn't get hurt he would have won that award probably or it would have been right there he and siakam would have had the most <laughs> the most engaging mip race in recent memory like those yeah two- that, oh that would have been great wouldn't it yeah and well now Levert can get it this year instead but you know he was a monster in the playoffs against philly like i I really like this Nets team. I think they're the depth is nice and balanced. Kyrie is a top tier star. You know, their number one scorer, no questions there. I think their defense is going to be fine if 
you know, we'll see what <laughs> how much effort DeAndre Jordan puts in. But you're right. They still have Jared Allen to come in, either start or come in behind him and clean up the mess. I like this team a lot. I, I think this is an easy over for me. I, I wonder, though, because I, too, saw the whole analytics thing on Twitter, but I didn't read any articles about it, admittedly. I just haven't had the time. Do you think partly why the analytics show that the Nets might not be you know, as good this year is because the uh, Karis LeVert injury kind of skewed the numbers? Yeah, I mean, I, a lot of them are based on projection, like projected output, and I just don't know how you're calculating that. Like, Torian Prince also had an underwhelming season last year, and I think, right. you know, maybe in this Kenny Atkinson system, he's better than he was last year. Like, he after the All-Star break two years ago, he looked like a really good player on the rise. So, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just optimistically pro- projecting improvement for Lavert, Prince, Dinwiddie, Allen in particular. I, I don't know. I just I think they're like a really good like eight or nine man rotation, and you've still got some interesting guys who could soak up a few minutes off the bench. Beyond that, mm. I, I agree. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I want to see if the analytics crowd gets it right because I mean. Uh, Sometimes they are they are right on the money. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right, Miami Heat, 44 wins. They were 39-43 and 43 last year, but obviously added Jimmy Butler this summer. They got rid of Hassan Whiteside, which is probably addition by subtraction. Uh, also picked up Myers Leonard. I'm going to go slightly over because it's Jimmy Butler after all, and more minutes to Bam and Abayo is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I'm leaning the over as well. I mean, Olenek suffered the knee injury during international play, but it sounds like he's going to be fine for the season. The only issue is they are completely capped out, like bumping up against the hard cap, I think within $1 million. So they are stuck. Like if, if anyone goes down, they can't pick up people on the buyout market. They would have to swing a trade. They have some tradable contracts, but you know this is it for the Miami Heat. So we'll see if, you know, I, I agree with you. Jimmy Butler is going to be a nice fit there and is going to probably guide this team to 45 wins. But uh, I don't know. I, it yeah. makes me nervous. <laughs> this line just that makes sound, me nervous. I agree with that sound all the way through. It's like, yeah. yeah, because they have like, what, two and a half great players, right? In, in that sense, they have Jimmy, they have Bam Adebayo, and then, you know, Gore and Dragic, sort of. You could add just Swinslow yeah, to that, gonna, but I'm, I'm going to say you're forgetting. Yeah, yeah no, no, I, I'm not forgetting him. I'm okay. just I'm waiting for him to break out just a little bit more. Like he's doing a lot of things, yeah. But just to assert himself a little bit more offensively, that would go a long way for sure. Yeah, I I lean the under here just because they don't have like their floor is so low. If Jimmy yeah. gets hurt, their floor is so so low that. You know, if I'm betting on probabilities, I think they're, you know, run a simulation of this season 10,000 times. And of course, there are going to be times where they win more than 44 games or times where they win 45 plus 50 plus. But I think more often than not, they probably lose. You know, maybe they're just a 500 team. That's OK. Yeah. That, that could happen. If Jimmy goes down, it should just be the BAM show for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, OK. Next on the list, the Magic at 42.5. They were 42-40 and 40 last year, so this is basically Vegas saying, you treaded water this summer, we expect you to get no better or worse next year. Yeah. This is difficult because you know what? 
Aaron Gordon has been treading water. Like yeah. he's been the same player for for a couple of years now. Yep. Uh, I I'm skeptical that Vucevic is going to replicate the same season again. I I don't think he necessarily is. Uh, but then you look at Mobamba, who's lurking in the wings, and Jonathan Isaac, who's lurking in the wings. And I have to assume that both those guys take a significant step up in their respectively second or third year. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm probably going to go the slide over because of that. But this team's just, they still need a point guard. We, I mean, Markel Foles right now is still a question mark. I don't think it's fair, like, bringing <laughs> any sort of expectations in upon him. Right. That's just, like, we've learned our lesson by now. Like, let's not have use we? him. Huh? Have we? Did well, you, not you and I see, have. Did you not see the reaction to those videos where he shot three jumpers on Twitter and everyone's like, "Oh my God, he's fixed." I I actually I genuinely didn't. No, oh, really? when did that oh, happen? Yeah. yeah, it was like a week or two ago. There's a video of him. It was like him shooting jumpers, but you know, I'm not like a professed shot doctor. I'm not going to pretend that I am. But the form still didn't look great to me. It looked just kind of hitchy and awkward. Maybe oh, you no. know, I I could be right. Like he hit the shots. So I guess it's all that matters. It's they go in, but yeah, people were like, "Oh my God, he's fixed! It's, he's gonna be a superstar." It's like, I mean, I hope they're right. I feel so bad for that kid. So yeah, I yeah. mean, I I hope they're right too. But you're right. I don't think you should put the expectation that come October twenty third or whenever whenever their first game is, Mark Elfolt is going to be locked in twenty point per game scorer right away. I think they're gonna use him. In. Might not even play right. Who knows? Yeah, they still have not put a timetable on his return. That's what I'm saying. So we don't know. I yeah. Mean, yeah. No. But but I will say this. I if if somehow Aaron Gordon can just kind of snap out of whatever's going on because he's so much better than this. Like for him to just be in a standstill the way he's been over the past two years, I want to say, I, or at least last year, to be mm-hmm. fair, mm-hmm. He, he could be an all star in this league. Yeah, if he played on a team that didn't have seven bigs next to him, totally. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just such a major problem. I, I can't understand. Like, this is what the third is the third year in a row that we're going into this. And now they added Al Farouk Aminu this summer too. I mean, Jesus, Orlando, come on. <laughs> yeah, like they they need a consolidation trade at some they point. They do. They really do. And and the worst thing about it is, I mean, they could be fun. Like they have the the athleticism and the personnel to really be entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Detroit Pistons thirty seven point five. They were forty one and forty one last year. <laughs> so, so Vegas is counting on them getting worse because they signed Derek. Okay, correct. And Markeith yeah. Morris. And oh, oh, Keith too. That's right. Yeah. Um, I mean. At the end of the day, superstars drive the league, mm-hmm. and Blake Griffin was damn good yeah. last season. And I have a hard time looking at Blake in, in what he's going to be, what, 30? Uh, yeah, that sounds about, about right. Somewhere around that. Uh, yeah, somewhere around that. Okay, I, I don't think he's going to regress <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. I think he's, he's you know finding his rhythm. Uh, Andre Drummond is, what, 26? Yep, 26. And, and still... Yeah, so, I mean, those two guys are still the, the the primary motives for that team. So I have a hard time looking at those two and going, oh, they're they're not going to be as productive next year. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm saying over. Yeah, I mean, it's like how much faith did you put 
in their losses of Reggie Bullock and Wayne Ellington and Ish Smith. Right. Yeah. And like Stanley Johnson. Oh no. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah it, it comes down to can Reggie Jackson stay healthy as always? Can Blake Griffin stay healthy? But they do have Derrick Rose, as you mentioned, who can at least soak up some backup point guard minutes. They picked up Svi at the trade deadline. They, you know, a nice combination there with him and Luke Gennard at two guard. Um, Christian Wood, who I know you're gonna you're gonna want to get minutes, and he's not going to, and it's gonna frustrate you all season. I'm excited for that. I, I'm so glad you didn't bring up my tweet. <laughs> I, yeah, I will. I will leave that so you don't get roasted on Twitter. All right, um, fair enough. Yeah, this one's tough. I, I mean, I kind of lean under just because. Really? Yeah. I I don't know. It, it's like if Blake goes down, this team is so screwed. And yeah, but I just you know I get it, but I hate going the route of expecting it. I know. But like he, so he played seventy-five games last season. The previous four years, fifty-eight, sixty-one, thirty-five, yeah. sixty-seven. No, I, I agree. It's a fair point. I just, I, I really think that he, we can. <laughs> I think he deserves a year where we just kind of expect him to be healthy. I, I really hate that every year we're going in with the the whole caveat of if Blake is healthy. He right. deserves better than that. Well, he was so good last year. Yeah, he was great last year. And if he stays healthy, he's going to continue to be great. <laughs> but, I, like, if I'm betting, again, if I'm running a simulation 10,000 times, how many yeah. times does he play 70-plus games? Not many. Not many. I'll give you that one. Yeah. But I, I, I'm going to be optimistic. And here's the thing. I, I want them to use Derrick Rose the right way as well. Like, if he's just, you know, getting all the deep perimeter shots that he wants. Like, here's the thing. People look at his three-point field goal percentage and go, oh, he's a better three-point shooter now. No, he was a better three-point shooter in November, mm-hmm. and that's it. <laughs> right, right. If you, if you isolate November and you ignore that, it becomes crabby real quick. Yeah. So if you play Derek, it has to be with the mindset of get him to the basket, have him draw fouls, have him you know get layups, and just put a ton of pressure on the defense. And I could see a like maybe a small wrinkle where he just puts on the jets, collapses the defense, and drops the ball off to a Blake Griffin like running 100 miles an hour trying to dunk and murder everyone in sight. That would be so. fun. That would be yeah. fun. And also, Seiko Domboy is on that roster. So because of that, I'll be tuning in. So you're going over on the Pistons? I'm going over on the Pistons solely because I am optimistic about Blake's health. Fair enough. I th- I also don't think... Did we give our official picks on the Magic? Uh, no, I just said slightly over. Okay, I'm going under just to be contrarian. That's fine. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. 
Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Let's go to the Bulls. 33. They went 22-60 and 60 last year, so Vegas has high hopes for the yeah. your former, current, future Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Confusion is complete. Okay, so this is a, is a fun line for you guys. I have no idea. Like this Bulls team is so weird. Like theoretically, in terms of talent, I think we we can agree that the talent level is absolutely better than you know a twenty two win team. Yeah. Uh, you know, Wendell Carter only played forty four games. Uh, you know, Laurie Markkinen was out for the first month at least with the elbow, and when he came back, he didn't look right. And mm-hmm. I saw him last summer, and he was he was a lot better. So he would have had a, a lot better season had he not had that uh, elbow injury. Chris Dunn just really stunk up the joint, which was disappointing. But Zach Levine, I think he's getting maligned a lot, and I, I wonder why. Because I, I get that his defense is, is crap, utter crap. But offensively, he actually turned in a, a very solid year, almost 24 points a game on, you know, above league average efficiency yeah he got trigger happy once in a while but when he wasn't flanked by marketing like who else was there to take shots mm-hmm. uh, Denzel Valentine missed the entire season I'm not really sure it's great that he's coming back because the only thing he can do is really shoot um, not really high on him but the Bulls have a, a weird mix of talent right now because they got Thomas Tatoransky Thaddeus Young Luke Cornett like they got some pretty good pieces in they drafted Kobe White Who's only 19, so it's going to take some time. But the the ceiling of that team is certainly higher than 33. The question is, can they put those pieces together and actually play cohesive ball for a season? Right. If they can't, this goes under 33 real quick, and <laughs> right. they have a they have a pretty rough stretch uh, late in the season. I'll be writing about that on Forbes actually. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, this could go either way. And it's it's weird to say because Vegas, as you alluded to, they bumped them up by 11 games. Yep. So under normal circumstances, we should be sitting here going, oh, well, that's that's probably an under. This, this could go both ways. I mm-hmm. mean, because their talent is so weird. It's hands down the weirdest team in the NBA. Hmm. I don't know if that's true. When it comes to the level of talent and in terms of what it produces, I think oh. it does. Well, I mean, last year they like Otto Porter changed the trajectory of this team last year, and yeah. having a healthy marketing Carter at least going into the season, and having a Tomas Sadaransky, aka not Chris Dunn. Like I, I get why Vegas bumped him up to this extent. So I actually lean the over here. I think I can see that they. I mean, they were basically a five hundred team during Porter's fifteen healthy games. Super small sample size, but you know I think they have a nice starting lineup with Levine, Markkinen will be their two primary scorers. Carter mm-hmm. Jr. is very good defensively, was great defensively as a rookie, is only going to be better this year. Porter's a nice glue guy. Sadoransky's not going to do too much. He fits that team well. You have yep. Thaddeus Young coming off the bench. I really like Luke Cornett, too. That was a sneaky, nice pickup for them. I think they actually have some decent depth here. This means betting on Jim Boylan, which makes me not feel great, and I would not advise anyone to put actual money betting on Jim Boylan. If anything, yeah. bet against him. But, yeah, I mean, like in terms of just pure raw talent, they are better than a 33-win team. I think the key for them, 
is unleashing Wendell Carter Jr. Mm-hmm. Because if they have him just posting up near the basket again, trying to score, this goes to hell in a handbasket real quick. <laughs> yeah. That sure. was the worst, you know, the worst way to utilize that player that I've ever seen. Like, uh, that was just, that was horrendous. This is a guy who needs to do like a ton of triple handoff um, a- action and, and, you know, stay uh, at the elbows to both pass and shoot because he's got, he's got a nice looking jump shot. He can hit it. He can even hit threes. Like this dude is, is, is a guy who could be on his way to becoming the next Al Horford. So putting him in post ups, <laughs> that's that's just the worst way to utilize him. So that's, that needs to go away immediately. That's how Bigs did it in the eighties, Mort. Yeah, that's that is very much true. <laughs> and I so here's the thing when it comes down to it, because you just brought up something really interesting. Like let's say the talent on this team delivers in the sense. If you look at it in isolation, like Otto Porter has a good season, Sacramento has a good season, but they have it under their own terms, meaning that if Jim Boylan insists on pulling some weird stuff all the time, and they lose because of it, mm-hmm. I, I think it's fair to say that then he would be the sole reason for for them not living up to expectations. Like this roster is intriguing. Like I think even though he hasn't been a, a head coach for a full season yet. I'm putting all the blame on him if it goes south. I mean, I, I don't think you should ever put all the blame or all of the credit Oh, th- this on the one coach. I am, because what he did over the first couple of, of weeks, honestly, just not in the not only in the way what they did on the floor, yeah. by giving Robin Lopez 25 post-ups a game was, right. was just asinine. No, I know. But, I mean, he would get you know, a good part of the blame for sure. The team almost had a mutiny I, in, like, <laughs> what, the first week yeah. after he got hired? Yeah. But then they started to defend him by the end of the year. They all took after Scout Man. <laughs> that, that's not a good thing. Right? <laughs> that's probably true. Uh, all right. Atlanta Hawks also at 33 wins. They went 29 and 53 last year. Added DeAndre Hunter this summer, Cam Reddish, Jabari Parker, Bruno Fernando. Picked up uh, Alan Crabb, Evan Turner, Chandler Parsons. I desperately, desperately want to say the the over, mm-hmm. but I think they brought in so much youth that you know they're not going to be as much minutes to like vets. Like, is there any reason whatsoever they should play Evan Turner? As I think he's going to be their backup point guard. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who else do they have? It's like, it's like their only option is a backup point guard. That's true. But I, I'm just, I'm looking at that team. It's so young, but at the, at the same time, Trey's so good already. Yeah. John Collins so good already. I mean, Alex Len's still there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, something would have to go wrong. But I, I I just I'm looking at the development minutes because DeAndre Hunter not an NBA minute to his name. Same with Cam Reddish. Like it's so young. But Kevin Herter then. Second year looked really good in his first year. Surprised everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, screw it. Over. Yep, I'm taking the over too, and it is a hundred percent just a bet on Trey Young. Yep. I think. I mean, he he struggled early in his rookie season. Came on strong late, at least offensively. We won't talk about the defense. Um, yeah, he's gonna take a big leap in his second year. John Collins is still so young and is already putting up almost twenty ten every game. I, I I mean things could go wrong and you know who knows maybe they maybe Cam Reddish goes 
hero ball all the time, but they're also playing in a division against the Hornets and the Wizards, so that should be, in theory, eight very easy wins. <laughs> so now they only need 25 more, and they're the over already. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, I, I lean over for them. And since we just mentioned the Wizards, 28.5 for the Washington Wizards, who will be without John Wall presumably all of the year as he recovers from the torn Achilles. They do still have Bradley Beal, of course. They got Ish Smith this summer. They got Isaiah Thomas this summer. They got Rui Hachimura, the next Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, come on. Did you just steal my joke? You just stole my joke. Okay. Sure did. Sure did. Um, Davis Bertans, like they they got some talent in this summer, but mm-hmm. I I'm I'm pounding the under here. Yeah, I am too. But at the same time, I also feel that that's extremely disrespectful to Bradley Beal, who is a legitimate superstar. I I have such a hard time seeing how he could allow the team to lose under thirty games. The only reason I'm pounding the under is because I'm praying to God that the Wizards wake up and trade him by the trade deadline because otherwise we're going to have another Anthony Davis trade saga on our hands with Bradley Beal. And I don't want to see sentiment turn against Bradley Beal like it did with Anthony Davis. That's fair. So you're pounding the under because you think he they will wise up and trade him. I hope so for their sake. Yeah. They need to. They absolutely, like, he is not going to re-sign there in 2021. He has no oh, reason no, for to, sure. Right? For so, sure. like, just get it over with. But if they don't, are you still pounding the under? Yeah, I mean, look at that roster, man. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree that they're probably going to be the under, but I'm just not pounding it, like you said, because it's Bradley Beal, man. Like, 26, 5, and 5. Yeah, but look at he's, the rest he's of that roster. He's a super roster. stud. I yeah, know. I know. Well, I mean, Bradley Beal and Giannis Antetokounmpo, come on. <laughs> right, like, who is the second best player on the Wizards right now? Thomas Bryant. Right. Is that team winning more than 26 games? I mean, Thomas Bryant is only going to get better, and he was damn good last year. That didn't but answer no. the question, right. No, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, right. I'm, I'm trying to stall. You're yeah. right. Take the under on the Wizards. Yeah, I, I think so, too. The Knicks are also at 28.5, despite accumulating every power forward in the league. Can we pound the under on that one as well, then? Yes. I am very much pounding the under on the Knicks. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, again, this is part of it is a trade deadline bet. I don't think they signed all these guys to these, you know, one plus one or like two year deals with a non guarantee or like a slight guarantee in the second year. I don't think that's an accident. They signed a lot of these vets to trade them. I don't think there are enough minutes to go around to keep everyone happy, at least in the first couple months of the season. Are and you I, t- wait, what, what, are you telling me that signing all power forwards is not a great way to free up minutes? Right, especially when two of your young prospects should also be getting minutes at the three of the four? No, wasn't the best strategy. So I think it's going to set a very... There's just going to be no sense of camaraderie on this team, I don't think. Because they all just know they're basically mercenaries. Like all the vets, except for Julius Randle, know they're mercenaries. Yeah. So they're you know they're just going to be like, I need to get my minutes. I need to get my shots up. I need to like stuff stats to get my next contract. F this team. I don't care about if we win or lose. Just like this is about me. I think Washerman brought up a similar point when he was guest yeah. here on the pod, right? Yeah. 
Um, I think that's a very accurate way of looking at it, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and he also, uh, you know, fleshed out the game of R.J. Barrett, yeah. who is a you know a, a very shot heavy player. Yep. Like combine that with Julius Randle and Bobby Portis already there. Those three, like each of them, are looking at a minimum of fifteen shots a game. They're not mm-hmm. going to get that. Nope. Yeah, this next team is going to be very bad. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, speaking of very bad. The Cleveland Cavaliers, 24 wins. They went 19-63 and 63 last year, although Kevin Love missed a grand majority of the season. I mean, again, this is this all hinges on them training Love, right? I yeah, mean, for sure. Because a fully healthy Kevin Love for 82 games, that probably takes... Then I'll probably take the over. Mm-hmm. No Kevin Love whatsoever... I'm looking. We're looking at 15 games, right? And if it's somewhere in the middle, if you trade it at the deadline, I really don't know. I'm taking the under just because I don't have confidence in them whatsoever at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think they try to trade Love at the deadline as well. I don't think I. I, It sounds like, based on all the reporting, that they're going to go into the season with him. In part because you know there's just so many restrictions on trading guys who signed this summer until December 15th, so there's just limited options until then. Also, because he missed so much time and because he's entering the first year of this four-year, $120 million extension, he needs time to rebuild his trade value. Like, you know, Sam Vecini of The Athletic reported earlier this year, he talked to five NBA execs and he asked, do you think the Cavs can get a positive return on Kevin Love? And all five said no. Like, the, the, I don't think the Cavs want to get worse by, you know, at least like in terms of their long-term upside get worse by trading Kevin Love. They're not trying to just dump his contract. They want to get him to a point where teams are giving up something. And I think it was Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com who reported they wanted picks and young prospects, not one or the other, both. Hmm. Do they get there? I, I don't know, but it's the same thing with what we talked about with the Raptors earlier, where if you get to the trade deadline... And there's some team looking at, okay, we need a stretch four. We think Kevin Love could be the difference between us making the first or the second round of the playoffs and winning a championship. Maybe they do give up something of significant value to get him. So if I had to bet, I would not bet on Kevin Love being a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers at the end of this season, or at least, you know, hopefully they can find something of value to let him play on a contender. Like he's 31, I believe like he don't make him play out the rest of his prime on a team. That's going to be lucky to win 25 games. And then, yeah, like otherwise you're betting on Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, Mm. both of whom I think are going to be good players, but they're just so young and young point guards, especially tend to struggle a lot. So that, that combination might hold the Cavs back. So, yeah, I, I lean the under here for them as well. Yeah. I mean, the the plus side is, as Sack Lowe alluded to, uh, I think a couple months back, you know, Love doesn't have a, a contract where it dips into, like, the late 30s. It's, right. It hovers around, like, 29, 30, 31, I think, something around, along those lines. Mm-hmm. So it's manageable. Yeah. It's not a huge albatross that's going to handicap you like for the for the next five years. Mm-hmm. That would definitely make him, I think, 
more of it, not more available, but in, in terms more more attainable, and teams would be more open minded to them. I think. Yeah. Pending it makes sense. Right, I would think so as well. And the last on the list are the Charlotte Hornets at twenty three. Uh, under. Yep. <laughs> I I was shocked. Twenty three seems very high for them. Yeah. Um. It's rough. It's it's really really tough being a Hornets fan these days. I think. Uh, you you really have very few assets moving forward. Like Malik Monk has not come on the scene in the way that you thought. Hopefully for their sake, like year three is where he steps up and like he makes us forget everything about the first two seasons. Miles mm-hmm. Bridges is a positive asset, I think. Like yeah. he was he's he's really good. And then you go from there. Like PJ Washington is. Let me just say it. it he doesn't really get my Marvin Gaye on. <laughs> uh, whatsoever, uh-huh. and then you're looking at what? I mean, Terry Rozier. Is he a positive asset right now? Hell no, 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 no. But I mean, in terms of like the young core. Oh God, I, I mean, Cody Zeller, I guess. <sighs> I mean, this is this is just one of the worst. This this is one of the worst long term cap sheets going back a couple of years that I've seen ever. I mean, I just think this is the worst team in the NBA. Yeah. I, I don't think there's well, really... Well, them and Cleveland, depending on what happens with Love, right? I think Cleveland is still better. Oh, even without Love? That's I think, interesting. I think yeah. so. I have I no mean, faith in be. this team. Like, Terry Roger has yet to shoot 40% from the field in four yeah. seasons. And he's going to be starting on a team that barely has NBA talent. Like, I, this team sucks. Let's just be very blunt about it they have yeah sure maybe malik monk gets better but losing kemba walker and jeremy lamb they lost their two best players nick batum has been a shell of himself for a couple of years now and i just think a lot of these vets in particular batum most notably might just go like go into play you know go through the motions mode like are they really gonna go all out for a team that they know like he's, you know, he signed for two more seasons, I believe. I think he's got one more year and then a player option that he's very clearly going to pick up because no one's giving him twenty-seven million dollars next summer. Right, right. You know, I I just can't see anyone putting forth their best effort on a team that's going to get clobbered by thirty most nights. Is this the best sneak tank team Is in it, the NBA? I, I, would, I mean, I guess yeah. Like I. I guess in, ter- in terms of Terry O'Shear signing, that's what right. I'm alluding to, obviously. Right. I mean, I guess technically, like they aren't accepting that they're tanking, but yes. And with that in mind, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't. I would be very surprised if this team won 24 or more games. Could you see a scenario where Ian Terry O'Shear just becomes a world beater, and you know, 89 percent of NBA Twitter looks dumb? I mean, it happened two years ago in the playoffs, but he was also playing alongside a lot more talent. I just think mm-hmm. he's going to be a chucker in Charlotte. I think he's going to put up numbers, but I don't think he's going to be efficient. And I right. don't think they have... I like. I just think their offense is going to be so bad. Who else do they have for a dependable source of offense? Yeah, none. I mean, theoretically, it would be Nick Batum, but like he, he hasn't been a scorer for years. So... Uh, I just I just want to you know wrap it up with 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 the Hornets here. So I interviewed Bismack Biombo for for a Forbes feature that'll be coming up 
eventually. Uh, mm. I just had to transcribe everything and, and, and yeah, set it up. And I talked to him briefly about Michael Jordan mm. in terms of his role, and he said something interesting. He said that Mike, when, when he was sitting on the bench with Mike, uh, Mike would just kind of call out everything, and he would be right. Like hmm. he would just point, this is going to happen, and the yada yada yada. Everything was just like falling into place exactly as Mike said, mm-hmm. and that had me thinking about Terry Rozier immediately. Like maybe being able to sit next to Mike here and there, and just pick his brains because, like, let's agree right off the bat, Terry Rozier's talent is not bad. Like right. he he has the athletic foundation. He's got. You know some some really nice herky jerky moves. He can get to the basket. Like there's a lot to like in terms of the physical package, and and his playing style. It's just the lack of inefficiency, the lack of basketball IQ. Mm-hmm. But if Mike can just dial it up a little bit, if if something clicks there, that could be interesting. It's because we've spent so much time crabbing on that contract that when when Biombo mentioned this to me, I was like, hmm, that that is interesting. Yeah, that is inter- That is one wrinkle that I would at least think about yeah it's i hope for their sake because otherwise they just paid 20 million dollars a year to a guy who's gonna shoot 38 percent. yeah yeah something something is definitely i i hope for their sake they really look at it as a genuine invest investment right and and you know they have mike on board all the way through like okay let let me turn (laughs) turn you into a proper ball player (laughs) right right yeah not not unlike do you promise to get better if we sign you for right, one hundred? Right, which is never let's let's ask the Timberwolves how that worked out. Uh, well, that's a good place to wrap up. So thank you everyone to tuning in. As always, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and where wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker. So check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Taporic, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, man. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Grand Canyon University is Arizona's premier private Christian university. Committed to providing next-generation education, GCU offers over 200 academic programs, many in high-demand fields across nine colleges. We keep our rigorous curriculum relevant by partnering with industry leaders and advisory boards. Earn your degree online, in the evening, or on our vibrant Phoenix campus. Find your purpose at GCU, where advanced technologies drive education. Private, Christian, affordable, nonprofit. Visit gcu.edu.